The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Wrestling Night in Canada is dedicated to Karsten Patan, Ryan Smile, and Spider Boudreaux. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. It's actually um, lucky number 13 already. Ooh. And I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros. What's going on? No, not much. It's just I just got home from work, cracked a fresh beer. Here we are talking. There's some stuff to talk about. And <laughs> right on, right on. Just a perfect way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you're right. There is a, a whole lot going on within the wrestling world. And um I think with everything that's going on in the world, once again, Winnipeg is back to where we were back in March when the whole start of the whole Carino thing started to happen. So I guess we're kind of, we got time. Nothing's yeah. going on out, out in the world. We were, we, were this, we were this close to being back in the studio. Uh, yes, yes, yes. In case uh, everyone that's just kind of joining us now, because they are huge fans of Chris Jericho, like like all of us, um, our very first episode, we were down in Matt's nice home studio with the nice mics and the nice sound, and you know <laughs> he was we were he our our old Maddie here was giving us the rock star treatment and all that, and then boom. The yep. Carino hits, the world goes to shit. Unfortunately, we're still doing this on Skype, and <laughs> uh, it is what it is. But the important thing is not the sound and all of, you know, it's 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 not the sizzle, it's the steak. And yeah. I would like to think that here on Wrestling Night in Canada, we trim the fat and give you nothing but good grade A beef steak. How does that sound for an intro, guys? That sounds just like fucking great to me. <laughs> That's good. Well, before we get into everything, are you guys um, are you guys refreshed? What are we drinking? Uh, I'm drinking standard lager because my vendor that's like closest to my house finally had it back in stock after six months. Can you believe oh, that? Shit! Wow. Yeah. And it's a local beer. Yeah. yeah. That's like an American brewery or an American beer store not having Budweiser or something. Yeah, I know. Like, I've been drinking Pilsner for the past six months because it's the next best thing. Like, I, I don't know. Not, not, nothing against our next-door neighbors in Saskatchewan, but, like, I got to have my standard, you know? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. That's kind of standard and blue are you know the standards for me whenever i'm out and about and all that i get i get that mm -hmm. but i, I finally got my my favorite red and white can back in my possession <laughs> there we are there we are of course i've i've got the lemmies going here and all that can't uh, can't explain no sorry keep going and what did what have you got going anything i went to the 
the LC yesterday and picked up some beers I've never had because I like to do that. This one mm. is called 310 to Yakima West Coast IPA. Okay. By Brock Street Brewing Company. Decent. I'd buy it again. I bought it because the can looked cool. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is pretty sweet. So, so far, one of the five I've bought and tastes good. So, right on. Right on. Well, yeah. Well, when it yeah, comes to all that specialty beer, that I go by the can too. What has a cool can? What has a yeah. cool design? No, me, uh, like a while back, we, me and our former host, Mike Mason, he, uh, me, me and him used to go to the LC all the time and just get like a random eight pack of just beers we've never had before. Ah, <laughs> yeah. That's a spirit. Yeah. We would try them out, find out which ones we hate, which ones we liked, which ones we would, the, yeah, which ones we'd buy again, which ones we would take if we were offered and which ones we would absolutely under no circumstances ever speak of again <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've had a few of those yeah tell me about it <laughs> for also, sure for sure this movie title i just came across cannibal corpse killers oh really cannibal corpse killers okay <laughs> what the fuck? Right. In the fucking Cannibal Corpse font. Anyways. Uh, okay. Right on, right on. Of course, that's relevant to us because kind of the idea behind Wrestling Night in Canada, if you're tuning in for the first time, hello. Um, we're basically three three dudes from Winnipeg that um, are also that kind of met through the Winnipeg hard music scene. And all that. And that's kind of like that's how that's that's why little things, little references will not like of heart of heavy music will kind of seep into the conversation. And with that in mind as well, obviously that makes all of us, you know, big Chris Jericho fans, being from Winnipeg and being hard music fans and being wrestling fans and all that. So when Chris Jericho announced that. Just recently, he celebrated his 30th year, three decades in the world of professional wrestling. Oh, we had to make this episode our focus. But before we get to that, I know there is a whole bunch of other stuff kind of burning in our little brains. So uh, who wants to start us off? Well, Dustin, you treated... Uh me and your dad to that the, the most recent uh, edition of Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Oh, God. Yes, I want to hear about this. <laughs> well, contrary to what we said before, Bloodsport is not actually shoot fighting. It is worked shoot fighting. But it's just, okay. it's like, yeah, it's MMA, but like the still with predetermined outcomes. Oh, okay. Well, I can uh, handle some that. Some dude actually goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I'm surprised Tom Lawler fucking didn't. Yeah. Okay. The first thing about this, and unfortunately, once again, guys, I'm sorry I couldn't join you, but the first thing about this was that I was really impressed by the lineup. There were some big names, at least in the pro wrestling world, on this. Absolutely. Now, like, well, like, yeah, like who who remind everyone again. We had uh, Simon Grimm, who used to be Simon Gotch, in the yep. Vogue Visions. Okay. There was... Um, oh, fuck. I'm drawing a blank on the name of some of the girls that were in this tournament. Well, I know Al, 
Dallas and K. KK was yeah. one of them. Killer Kelly, the other one. Yep. Yeah, they they had a first round match and it, there was like a women's tournament throughout the night. Right on, right on. Well, yep. And I guess the biggest name out of all of them is the, one of the current world champions. Yep. The one and only John Moxley. <laughs> so what were some of the results? Like okay, okay, you 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 say tournament and and all these big names. What were some of the results here? Well, the night opened up with all the fighters. Uh, they all made their way out to the ring. Uh, the, the the ring announcer announced all of them, and they were all, all the fighters of the night were all standing in the ring at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Josh Barnett, the host of the show, came out uh, thanked, to thank the fans and uh, the, who were there and at home for their generous support. And after that, the opening match began, which was Simon Grimm versus... Uh, Matt Mikowski. Okay, so I'm I'm assuming someone owns Gotch, like the yeah, name. Yeah, no, probably. Okay, which do, which doesn't really make any sense at all because back in the 30s or even before that there was a, and I even think his name was Simon Gotch. Oh really? You know? Yeah, like this. I always thought, okay, well, this name is a tribute, you know, to that to that wrestler that era what what the hell was it carl gotch i think i think it was i'll have to look it up later i'll i'll look it up right now okay so matt you tell me what here so it was simon grim yeah simon grim with two m's (laughs) (laughs) yes but yeah he, he still has that his uh his uh trademark vaudevillain's mustache he never he didn't read that yeah. Didn't didn't he shave the mustache? Yeah, oh, he did. Right. There was yeah, one guy who had a mustache who we thought was him before with a shaved head. Yeah, yeah. yeah Grim got rid of the mustache. Apologies. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. See, that's I I hope they sold tickets for that. You know, because per promoters, you know, they don't want people messing with you know their their hair changing their hair color getting tattoos and all that because like he's like gotch is so well known for his mustache okay yeah like to just get rid of it would be a shame like i I would make that okay i want to shave my mustache okay well let's have a hair versus mustache match (laughs) or something like if you're gonna do something like sell tickets to it like that's Old school booking, I guess. Yeah, true. All right, uh, so yeah, sorry, go on. That's okay. Okay, so yeah, this match, uh, yeah, for for my like my first time seeing anything like this, I thought I would like I, I just want to say for the first for the whole as uh, the whole night as a whole, I I was pretty entertained by the whole idea, even though there were predetermined outcomes mm-hmm. and there wasn't actually real fighting, which. Makes sense now that I think about it. Why AEW let Moxley do this whole thing? <laughs> like, if it was real shoot fighting, I guarantee you they would not have let him even anywhere close to this. Uh huh. So so soon before a, a world heavyweight title defense on the anniversary show of Dynamite. But I digress. <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah. huh. Wow. But yeah, like uh, this. 
this match was like it, it all starts off like an MMA fight would. Like guys have their have their fists up and they uh, they're both like waiting for the one guy to make the first strike. And the, the first strike of this match was Matt Mikowski. He went for a quick strike and then Simon ducked for uh, a single leg takedown attempt. And yeah, <laughs> like it's a lot of the times it's really fast paced uh, action and it's uh, like. Okay. It's like, to watch. It, like, like the whole thing was like raw underground, but actually good. Like no background, no cheesy background music and no Shane McMahon. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> so basically if MMA was a wrestling event. Predetermined MMA. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's actually not bad. That's not bad. See, I was, I was just thinking as well, like, when b- before we had a firm grasp on what was going on, it's like, w- you know, why would these, why, why would they, you know, put themselves at risk to, you know, if if I, I I could really get hurt here, you know, on this mud show, you know, for the lack of a better expression, you know, on this on this event and hurt myself in future bookings. You know, I'm still kind of shaking my head as to why even this format, why AEW would allow their world champion to participate in this and risk, you know, and risk getting hurt in another person's federation. Like, like people get hurt in wrestling. Happens all the time. This ain't ballet. No, okay. we'll just look at NXT. <laughs> NXT 31. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Oh, when, uh, when, or when Ridge Holland broke his leg last week. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I'm yeah. watching that again today, and every time I hear his knees snap, I'm like, "Yeah, that sounded like mine." Oh, so. oh, oh! So it's I, but maybe on the other hand, maybe give AEW credit as well for letting their guys, you know, make a make a payday elsewhere. And I guess that's also the negotiating power that Moxley has as well. Yeah. Because you know. uh, on other shows of the weekend, Orange Cassidy wrestled, Marco Stunt wrestled. So, ah, mm-hmm. all right. So, what else went on this? I'm kind of now. I'm starting to regret missing it, but yeah, hey. Simon Grimm won with a like a back suplex, which like not yeah. it looked like it knocked the other dude silly for a second. So the ref, just in case, is like, okay, we're stopping it now. Yeah. Yeah, he like uh, yeah, Mikowski landed on the back of his head. It was like a half and half suplex, and yeah, the referee called it just to end it. And like, uh, Grim was declared the winner via knockout. All right, Mikowski was he did look a little derp there for a few seconds when he landed. Oh yeah, he did. (laughs) (laughs) He hit hit his head good. Yeah. Oh okay okay. So what else we got? Uh, After that was the first round. Of uh, the women's tournament, which was Allison K versus uh, Killer Kelly. Okay, okay. Obviously, I know who K is. I don't know who Killer Kelly is. Uh, I recognized her name, but I've never actually seen her perform. So, uh, yeah, this one actually went on for quite a bit. They are, yeah, Allison K. She was up until recently NWA Women's Champion, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or she was contending. Uh, Thunder Rosa is the champion now, but yeah, she was. She was NWA champion. Yes. 
Yes, yeah. Or she's the she's the person who Thunder Rosa beat for the title. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And she was also pro- very prominent on Impact as well. Oh yes, yeah, okay. All right, well, Ducky. What did you think of this one? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was for like the women's matches in on the show. I'm like, oh fuck, like it. They got some the four girls they got to wrestle in this little one night tournament. They were really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was basically four girls. They have two matches, and the winners face each other. Yeah. It was okay. yeah, it was, yeah, just like a one round or a two round tournament, basically. Right on, right on. And was it for like the blood sport women's title or just the trophy? Yeah, it was okay. a trophy. All right. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Who was what was going on with the other match, or was that later on in the card? Or uh, it was a little bit, but uh, yeah, this one, this one actually had like a lot of like strikes and knee knee strikes and elbow strikes and like stuff you'd expect out of an MMA fight. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but the, it ended with uh with uh, Kay getting a uh, Kelly into a uh, I think it was like a leg lock around her throat like a scissor hold. Yeah. And then, yeah, then uh Kelly t- ended up tapping out and Kay won the first round. Okay. Yeah. All right. Man. She advanced to the final round of the tournament, and uh, then oh yeah, the, the match after that was uh, the second women's match of of the night, which was legit Layla Hirsch versus Lindsay Snow. Okay, neither of them ring a bell. No, I didn't know either of them either, uh, going into the match myself. Okay, yeah, but this match was also won via submission by uh, by Lindsay Snow. With a with a heel hook, old school. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that Layla, that other chick, was gonna win because she was she was doing really good. Yeah, yeah. That that actually kind of yeah that, that swerved me too. Yeah, even in even in uh, worked worked MMA fights, they can still do swerves. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Basically, when uh, Layla came out, we all looked at each other and we're like. Okay, she's winning this tournament. Everyone's yeah. screwed. <laughs> yeah, we gotta make it believable. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, Lindsay right. Snow won this match, which means she's she was going to uh, face Allison K in the finals later on in the night, and then it was back to uh, random the the exhibition matches. In the okay. Yep. Yeah, you know, the, between the guys, the dudes. <laughs> So, yeah, the next match after that was Calvin Tankman versus Alexander James. Mm, yeah, again, I'm going to be getting a lot of, I think, you know, I recognize like only a handful, but this yeah, is a I good way to get to know people. Yeah, I didn't know most of these guys going into the match or going into the matches either. But, uh, yeah, this one, this one started off pretty quick from what I can remember. It was a. Uh, Tankman like just immediately went in with uh, right hand shots as soon as the match began. I, re- I also remember Tankman like going through like he like went went for like a big swing but like missed <laughs> like just missed Alexander's face. I don't remember who won that match. Yeah, Tank- Tankman won with a knockout. Okay, and these are individual matches. It's not a guys' tournament or anything. 
No, yeah. the, only the only tournament of the night was the girls' tournament. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, hey, what's up? the knockout. Okay, cool. What's up next? Up next was Eric Hammer versus Grizzly Cal Jack. Hmm. Uh, again, two guys. Eric Hammer. Eric Hammer's the dude we at first we thought was Simon Gotch. Oh yeah, the, the, he was bald but with that mustache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then okay. it made sense too because it's like, wait a minute, did Simon Gotch like grow six inches? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the last like year he's been gone or whatever. How long it's been now? Yeah, a couple years anyway, at least. Yeah. I, I figured Gotch was still around somewhere on NXT. Yeah, well, after I think the vaudeville, or yeah, the vaudevillains got called up to SmackDown, and I think Gotch was released shortly thereafter. And then Aiden English started his whole singing gimmick. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. Okay, cool. So, what's up? Uh, yeah, let's see. Grizzly Cal Jack. Oh yeah, Grizzly Cal Jack was that guy that came out with the with the Grizzly Bear Ensemble. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, this was just the battle of the two big men, I guess. Um, or, yeah, a hoss, a hoss match, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Hammer ended up winning this one. Okay. Uh, with a tap out, yeah. A double wrist lock. <laughs> okay, so is it that's that that's still a work though, just kind of made look to be a shoot. Like yes. When the, when, exactly. when they're when they're tapping and all that. Yeah. Okay. The only way you can win matches in this in this blood sport thing is by uh knockout or submission. Just, uh, just, okay. That yeah, makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. I just, I just don't see, like, an M- an a- a- even a worked MMA fight like ending in a figure four. Yeah, you know? like it just it, that would kind of be out of place. No, I, um, you know, like, maybe a Boston Crab would 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 work because that's happened once. Has it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> happened in UFC. Some dude locked it in, and the guy tapped. It's okay. Like, some guys just actually... one of the walls of Jericho. Cool. Oh, so it actually hurts. How about that? There you go. It does. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not so fake now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So what's up next? Uh, up next was Homicide. Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, one of the original members of LAX. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Homicide versus Filthy Tom Lawler. Not, this one was fucking stiff. Yeah, not 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 Lawler is in like Jerry Lawler, but yeah, <laughs> I would imagine not. Yeah, yeah, it's L O R, not L E R. Yeah, this one was yeah. stiff as shit, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it, it start. Oh, yeah, it started with a single leg takedown from from Lawler, and uh, yeah. Like Lawler kept on attacking the hamstring on uh, on homicide. Okay. Uh, yep. <laughs> and then we thought it was going to end when he was stomping Tom's face in. Yeah, yeah. We actually thought the referee was going to call for it because homicide was actually like, it it looked pretty stiff that he was just like yeah stomping on on Lawler, but 
Lawler had a hold of his other leg and almost I was just like, let the fuck fuck go and just kicking him in the face just over and over. Yeah. Like, yeah, he had him mounted and he was just, yeah, like Law, yeah, Lawler was holding on to one of Homicide's legs. Homicide was just stomping on the guy, just mercilessly. And like, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't, I usually don't do the whole like hands over the mouth thing when I'm watching <laughs> fights. Right. Some instances where it's just like, oh God. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And Lawler was a MMA fighter as well before going pro wrestling, right? Am I... I, believe, I believe so. I think um, that's what they said. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm familiar with him in MLW. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't think he's, think he's still there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the once, once again, like, this is a show that's a, you know, a, a payday while everyone else is going through this COVIDness stuff and all that. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the end, the end of that match actually came. <laughs> well, from something similar to what we mentioned earlier Lawler escaped from uh, Homicide's cop killer move and uh, Lawler actually put Homicide in a half grab ah. <laughs> and then Homicide ended up tapping out we all, we all thought for sure that Homicide was going to win that match but yeah we were all caught off guard by that too mm-hmm yep. it swerved you it swerved you yeah we got swerved again you got swerved again. Yeah. Yep. Bro, it's a swerve, bro. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine, okay, and a UFC or any MMA organization, okay, with a guy named Homicide. Yeah, you would <laughs> I don't think it would never fly, I don't think. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> okay, so was that what was after that? We must be approaching the main event now of homicide. Uh, yeah, we were. Yeah, I think we're in the the last three matches. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, after so, this, it the walking it, weapon. I'm not mistaken, wasn't it Davy Boy Junior. and Josh Alexander? Yeah. The walking weapon versus the Canadian Bulldog. Ah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, this one was I think this one was actually probably match of the night for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I this thought, one was... yeah, because well though, for those who aren't familiar, obviously Davy Boy Smith Jr. is the son of the world famous British Bulldog, mm-hmm. former Connell champion in WBF. And yeah, member of and the And one time hardcore champion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, of course, <laughs> <laughs> and European champion can't yep. can't forget that. But uh, yeah, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh, used to, yeah, who used to be a part of the the Hart Dynasty in WWE, and mm-hmm. uh, and also Josh Alexander, who is uh, tag team partners with uh, Ethan Page and or yeah, is it Ethan Page? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the in the north in Impact. in the north, yeah, like yeah. literally. Literally in the north from Canada, yeah. and yeah. figuratively the north, the tag team in Impact. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This actually would make a really good just in 
a, a squared circle four corner with ropes this actually would make a really good match i think yeah it actually well yeah even though there there wasn't any ropes it actually still <laughs> wasn't a really good match yeah like uh yeah the it, it like it's it was a te- it was like i don't even know how to describe it <laughs> like but uh um uh, I I, re- I do remember like Davy Boy hitting, uh, hitting Alexander with uh, one of those like sit down power bombs, and okay. it, it looked like Alexander's head just fucking smacked the mat like really oh. bad. Yeah, Isn't that where they ended it. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a liger. Yeah, the the liger bomb where uh, yeah Davy Boy grabbed him and got the uh, and yeah hit, hit him with the, that sit down power bomb and. The referee called for the match via stoppage and or called for the stop of the match via knockout because I'm pretty sure Alexander was actually like knocked loopy by it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it took him a minute to get up, so he was definitely loopy. Yeah, I would be calling it too because like this is this is just not worth getting hurt over. Yeah, you know, like like this just seems so much more riskier to to participate in than you know a a ring a ring roped match like this just seems like ugh yeah <laughs> you know so if someone does get hurt like that especially to the head like call it like right away like even yeah, if even it's not I... predetermined like it's not worth it yeah even though Alex bomb lawyer then the ref doesn't stop it and you get yeah. your face <laughs> yeah you yeah, you got some boot prints on your on your face for your for your job. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even though even though uh, Alexander wears headgear, it still didn't talk, still didn't protect him <laughs> from getting knocked loopy here. No, no, it did not. No. But uh, yeah, after that, after Davy Boy won, which by the way, this was Davy Boy's third win at Bloodsport. Ah. So he has a history. Yeah, not his first rodeo. But this is the first time I've ever, I've ever seen a blood sport event. So I wasn't aware of that until mm. I actually saw. <laughs> okay, saw this. But yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a gif online of that uh, that sit down power bomb that Davy Boy knocked out Alexander with. I'll I'll send that to you later, Snowy. Oh, there's a gif of it. <laughs> there's a gif of it. Yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> I want to see a gif. I want to. A gif of homicide stomping Tom's face. There's probably one. Oh, there is. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's gifts of all the, all the really. That was definitely the most brutal spot of the night for sure. Yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. That's like one of those things that you think is going to be a match ender. But then, yeah, mm-hmm. after, after that was the uh, was the finals for the for the women's tournament. Was that? Uh, oh, Lindsay, okay. Yeah, Lindsay Snow versus Allison K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, yeah, Lindsay Snow slid right towards Allison K's legs for a single takedown, and K ducked out of it or ducked out of the way and sent and sent Snow crashing right into the mat. Uh, yeah, like uh, again, series of strikes, series of takedowns, series of holds, and. Yeah, what do you, you got? Any input on this one, Ducky? 
Yeah, this one was pretty good, too. I didn't expect that the person who won to win, but, I mean, yep. it happened. But it was, other than that, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who won? Both ladies were swinging for the fences, but uh, Lindsay Snow came out on top as the winner. Ah, okay, yep. okay. That's uh, That's actually... Kind of smart booking, especially if you want to do a fourth one of these, because, like, for Kay losing this, mm-hmm. it, it does nothing, okay? You know, like, it's not going to hurt her anywhere else, but for her opponent winning this gives her, you know, some uh, feather in the cap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually really smart booking. Yeah, All exactly. Right. Cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, Lindsay Snow actually won with an ankle lock, old school submission. Ah, <laughs> uh-huh. there we yeah. go. Yeah, so Plus, Lindsay, Snow, Lindsay Snow also looks like someone you don't want to run into in a back alley when she's had a bad day. No, she's uh, got dreadlocks and a lot of tattoos. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's yeah. basically head down tattooed like Schlack is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to check her out. Yeah. Does she have an OnlyFans? I mean, a website? <laughs> oh, maybe. But yeah, after, the, after she won the, the tournament, uh, all, I, all I know is that Josh Burnett presented her with, with the trophy. And uh, I think, if I remember correctly, they went to go shake hands and then Allison Cage kind of walked out. Or, or, or what happened there? Yeah, I think that's what happened. I think they just stood close to each other, and then Allison K walked away. So maybe a second one. Yeah, they're booking yeah. the rematch, are they? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe next year we'll get the rematch. Building the anticipation. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then after this was our main event between uh, Chris Dickinson and John Moxley. Okay, and I guess. The AEW world title was not on the line. Did he have the belt? He did no. not have the belt. Oh, okay. Well, apparently a bunch of uh, wrestlers' gear and merch went missing on the weekend. A bunch of shit got stolen. So it's probably yeah. a good thing he didn't have the belt with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How? Okay, you're, say you're Tony Khan. You're AEW. And, okay, you say... Okay, Mox, go for it. Have fun. Okay. Do you want your your title there? No, probably not. Okay. I, would, I would say no. Any rhyme and reason? Any just because or what if it gets well, stolen again? <laughs> yeah, like the the belt's already gone missing once. <laughs> so Jericho. Yeah, they got they, they got lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course the Winnipegger had to lose the fucking belt, right? God damn yeah. it. You're getting drunk at a lo- uh, what was it, Longhorn Steakhouse? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. God, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, but then, then yeah, the, someone found in a ditch, like, on the side of the road later on. Like, that was, like, a lucky... How luck. does that happen? Like, I don't okay, even... I, I could see... Sorry, I could see someone... Stealing it. No, this might be worth something, you know, or this might be valuable or whatever. After it gets stolen, like, there's rhyme and reason as to why it gets stolen. How does it end up fucking ditch afterwards? <laughs> you know, and, and, know. 
it, yeah, like that. That's that's miraculous because it's not like a. It's it, it's not like this is 1998 where no. there's two huge companies that everyone is watching. So in order for someone to to a random person finding this belt in a ditch. Okay, right. and, and knowing what AEW was, like the numerical odds of that is just wow. I can <laughs> return this, or if I really need 10 grand badly, <laughs> I can always hold it up. Yeah, even, yeah, I don't even think the guy knew what it was, I think he just found it and he turned it into the police. And then, wow. uh, and the police officer just randomly, haphazardly, was a wrestling fan and knew what it was. Wow, so, yeah. <laughs> if I remember correctly, but uh, yeah, we're getting a little off track here. We got plenty of time to talk about Chris Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so a, a, a beltless Mox was the yep. main event. Okay. Yeah, versus Chris Dickinson, who, yeah, is also a fantastic wrestler. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, the match started off, of course, with all the fans in attendance chanting Moxley. In unison. <laughs> okay. Not, uh, not to disrespect Chris Dickinson, but look who, look who you're going up against. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's obviously the most over guy on the card. Yeah, obviously. That's why most of the people were there, for sure, to, mm-hmm. see, to see Mox. And next to him was probably, I'm not going to lie, Homicide. Yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, then either Gotch or Kay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how how did we end, or what happened in here? Well, in the there, main was, event? There, there was a certain spot in the match where they were like tied up, and uh, Moxie got Dickinson towards the edge edge of the ring, and the referee told him to like break it up. And then, while while they were separating, Moxley slapped Dickinson across the head, and then Dickinson returned in kind and slapped Moxley. <laughs> Yeah. Slapped him good too. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. Moxie, Moxie slapped him. Dickinson was just kind of like, oh no, you fucking didn't. Yeah. He was probably just hey, hit me good and just whack yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, the smack that Dickinson gave to to Moxie actually like like Moxie actually like stepped back a few few steps. <laughs> yeah. Was probably and, just like good, good. <laughs> which like actually led to them like, like trading shot for shot, which like that that one spot in the match where they were actually going back and forth. Yep. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And uh wasn't there yeah, there was also a, a part of that match when Oh yeah, yeah, Moxie launched Dickinson outside towards the ring posts. And uh, Dickinson was outside and almost got counted out, if I remember. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but right. yeah, eventually uh, Dickinson got back in. Uh, and then they exchanged a few more uh, uh, series of jabs and uh, wrist locks. And yeah, then Moxley sent Dickinson out of the ring again. The referee began the count. Moxley. Uh, it says, yeah, he looks for a gotch pile driver. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah, Dickin- yeah, Dickinson blocked it. And uh, Dickinson actually, like, reversed that into a German suplex on Moxley. And, 
And both men uh, actually spilled towards the outside, but they both got back in and just started exchanging blows again. <laughs> and yeah, like this this whole thing was just like a series of like suplexes, wrist locks, and just back and forth strikes. Just both guys just going, hit me, hit me, hit me. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Let's make this as shoot as we can. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, uh, you can. You can still tell it was a work because like nobody in MMA would ever like do the whole like back and forth strikes. It's either like one guy gets it or <laughs> or nobody does. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So how did we end up with this one? No, yeah, well, the end. The ending came with uh, Moxley, I think, winning with that chokehold that he's been doing recently. That like bulldog chokehold. Because he right. hit uh, Dickinson with the paradigm. It oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he- it wasn't the best paradigm shift, but he it looked like he caught the back of his head a little bit on the mat, and then he just immediately went, well, i got to choke him now, because if he gets up, I might be in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, recently in AEW, he's been doing that, that, like, bulldog chokehold, which I think uh, Ryan Kendrick does that as well yep. in, uh, in WWE, but he calls it the captain's hook. Yeah. Okay. It looks absolutely vicious. Like, like... Moxley's Moxley's he's he essentially just lays across his opponent's back, hooks them in a chokehold, and just leans back with all of his strength, and it, it legitimately looks like it hurts. But yeah, Moxley won, and then after the match, Mox grabbed the microphone, gave a quick shout out to the fans. Chris Dick, Chris Dickinson and Moxley shook hands. And uh, he gave a shout out to Dickinson too about if he's yeah, a tough yeah. son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the one of the things he said was you couldn't really hear him all that well because the 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 sound inside of the building wasn't that great. Remember, mm-hmm. remember the audio from the microphones the first night of King of the Death Match, Snowy. Yeah, <laughs> where it all sounded like they were Kenny from South Park. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, it concluded with uh, Moxley saying, like, we will make sure indie wrestling continues to grow and prosper. There we are. That's yeah. what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. And then the next day on Twitter, Deathmatch wrestler Alex Cologne called out Moxley. Oh, all right. Yeah. He's all like, right. remember the pain? Remember where you came from? This isn't a call-out. This is an invitation. You know where I am. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. Because Moxley, like, for the, probably the majority of wrestling fans, okay, obviously, no, he's the current AWA, AEW <laughs> world champion. <laughs> hey, dude, old habits, man. <laughs> you know how many times the last year I've called AEW, AWA? Like, holy shit. <laughs> Obviously, we all, you know, wrestling fans know that he's the world champion there, and of course his work in in the WWF. But this is he's really no stranger to this type of you know brutal competition. Did he not come to your attention first of all, Ducky, in Combat Zone? In CZW, yep. Right, right, right. And I like I've I've seen sporadic where he, stuff where he was teaming with Sammy Callahan. Oh, okay. See, I switchblade conspiracy. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. Because like I'm not too familiar with Combat Zone. You know, you see things in magazines and 
clips online and they had the ROH versus CZW angles and all mm-hmm. that. But yeah, it's really like Harper was there too. Sorry, Brody Lee was there too, and they've wrestled in CZW. And there's been a few guys that have come from there. Like John Silver was CZW champion, I want to say last year. Okay. And now he's in the dark order. Oh, right. Okay. I knew that name was kind of ringing a bell. I know that. Okay, okay. So, yeah, like this, Moxley's not out of school with, with a card like this. Who who are you guys cheering for, Dickinson or Moxley? Uh, as much as I, I, I like Dickinson, but, yeah, Moxley. I, Mox is my boy. I love, I love John Moxley, so I, I, was, I was rooting for him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they probably would. I was thinking Mox was going to win anyway. But, right. like, imagine. If they would have, if Dickinson would have won. Okay, okay, there you are. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Matt, you were a little robotic there. Oh, sorry. There we are. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Yeah, me, me personally, like if I, if I was able to join you guys, just, I don't know, Dickinson just kind of seems maybe not in the ring or whatever, but just kind of the underdog because he just doesn't have the name yet. Uh And all that. So I know as a fan, like I would be cheering for for Dickinson just on principle. And yeah. I, I and I love where he got where he where he got his name, because apparently he's a legit metalhead, you know. And so we can if he's if he's a legit metalhead, then we can kind of take it for granted where he got his stage name. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's probably Probably, uh, it's probably someone that we should get on this show, you know, soon enough. We, we what we got to start doing is start getting some some guests here. We're at lucky number thirteen. We've had we've had one guest on, and I think it's definitely time. And a lot of these names that you guys were bantying about here on this Bloodsport Bloodsport card, I would definitely would like to have them on. You know. No, for like, sure. Yeah, yeah, we should start looking into this. Okay, Josh Barnett. Okay, he was he was the MMA fighter, right? Yeah. And he was doing play-by-play with Impact for a while. That's still the same guy, I believe. I think so. Yeah, uh, he, he was he was the he was the color guy for I- Impact for a while. Oh, like him and was it him and Don Callis? Um, Mike. To Josh Matthews. Oh, oh I want to yeah. say, yeah, yeah. This this was a couple years back, and yeah, um, yeah. Right now, it's Callis and Matthews. Yeah, yeah. Or it's Josh Matthews and Madison Rain. Oh, it is okay. I haven't watched. Yeah, that. yeah. Which they actually like. You can tell Rain isn't like this is not her first gig, or it's not her. It's not her main gig, or whatever. But just. Those two, because she's not very good at her job, okay, she's not very good at it, it makes her good at it, because she's okay. just like, it's just like, like when, um, what's his name, trying trying to do a promo, oh, his name escapes me, the big guy, former Impact Champion in the WWF now, 
Lashley, Bobby Lashley. Oh, Lashley, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- because he's no good at a promo, he does a promo really well. You know, because he, <laughs> he's just this big guy that just goes out and kills people. Madison <laughs> Rain, okay, her first gig, her main gig is being a wrestler and all that. So she's, you can expect like she's not going to be that great on the mic. And all that. So I just, it's just something that I've noticed. Like, I'm sure a lot of people are kind of critical about the impact, you know, play, play by play team, but I actually think it's working quite well with these two. And Barnett, okay, he's the bolt thrower fan too, right? Like, he's, he's the dude that comes out in the bolt thrower shirts as well in the, in the past, was he not? Does this ring a bell for you? Any either of these? Maybe he no. definitely looks like he is a metalhead, though. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So, horns up, horns down, horns in the middle for blood sport. I'd say horns up. I was entertained. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, sure. You've got unlimited plays for this dude. Yep. Okay, just as soon as I can, I'm really curious as to check this out because it does actually have, you know, a lot of people on this, on their roster, or at least participated in this, that I would be interested in seeing, like, in just a straight-up wrestling card as well. I would pay for that. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. Okay, so what else you guys got? Oh, uh, well, I wouldn't mind talking about uh, quickly going, or... Now, I'm not going to go into full detail about it, but talking about WWE's recent draft that they just had. Oh, okay. As they do every year. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going not gonna to discuss every single draft pick because, like, a lot of, like, some people stayed. I'm, gonna, I'm only going to discuss people who switched brands. Right. Or the big okay. ones. Yeah, the big ones. Because, like, for the most part, like, the U.S. title and the WWE title stayed on Raw. The Universal title and the Intercontinental title stayed on SmackDown. And NXT was not involved in the draft at all, which I thought they were supposed to be the third brand now. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) What happened to that? But yeah, and the women's titles both stayed on their own respective brands. The first first round draft pick uh, that really surprised me was Seth Rollins going to SmackDown because he's been... He's been a raw superstar ever since, like twenty exclusively in twenty sixteen when he was drafted to Raw when they yeah. re- put the brands up again. He was the Monday Night Messiah. Well, now he's the savior of SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the chip? That- yeah, I fucking oh god, I hate that gimmick so much. <laughs> I don't hate the gimmick. He, he plays it very well. But, he does. Uh, he's a he's a good bad guy. Seth. Yeah, he is. Like uh, he he did ditch the the leather jacket with the puffy collar though. <laughs> he's yeah. He's just wearing, <laughs> like seriously, when he brought that up, it's like yeah. But uh, yeah, he is going to have to get rid. Sorry. It's like get rid of the puffy collar. Just keep the jacket. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think he was on SmackDown last night. He was wearing just a just a coat, like an open coat, like an open suit coat with a with dress pants. <laughs> but he he didn't have his hair up in a man bun either. So I guess that's his main appearance change from going from Raw to SmackDown. 
but there's but, nothing worse than a man bun. Oh God! <laughs> but, <I> mean, <laughs> it's, but uh, yeah, so Rollins going from Raw to SmackDown—that I thought was uh, a huge move because initially I thought it was going to be them ending the feud with Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Oh, right. However, <laughs> yeah. However, yeah, both <laughs> and Dominic Mysterio were moved over to SmackDown as well. Oh God. And, yeah. And, <laughs> okay. And as a result, so was Buddy Murphy. Because <laughs> he he was drafted he was drafted to SmackDown in the the post show draft on Talking Smack. Okay. All right. I just all of this is like the all four little too coincidental. Yeah. So the entire storyline got moved over to SmackDown. <laughs> That's just because Vince thinks people only watch one show. It's like, oh, this will be new for everybody. No, it won't. Well, no, that they did want to move. Like the three biggest stories they have going right now are Bailey versus Sasha, Rollins versus the Mysterios, and uh, Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso, and they wanted all three of those storylines to be on SmackDown. Oh, I, I could see that because Raw is, you know, the biggest brand. Yeah, like that's that's the main show. Well, SmackDown is now considered the the A show because of the whole deal with Fox, and they want to they wanted to pump that brand up as as much as they can for ratings. Uh, okay, they, all they, right. They made promises. They made promises to the Fox executives. So, so yeah, that was th- those were the 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 main trades i guess you could say that okay. the, but uh AJ Matt, stopped- you can keep talking you can keep talking about the draft i'm just gonna go get another beer okay uh another trade that happened that which i don't really understand why well i guess i do understand why but uh only recently that aj styles actually went from raw back to smackdown he's now gone he's been drafted back to raw oh, okay yeah and uh the reason this, the reason being, is that apparently the whole reason why AJ Styles went to SmackDown in the first place again was because he didn't get along with Paul Heyman, <laughs> and he didn't want to be on the same show as him. Now Paul Heyman is the manager for Roman Reigns, so on uh-huh. SmackDown, AJ Styles, even though it's all in the same building, I don't quite understand it, but yeah, AJ Styles just does not get along with Paul Heyman, so I'm guessing that's the main reason why he went back to Raw. All right. But he has yet to actually debut on the brand because when he after he got drafted, he he made his little speech from his uh from his house <laughs> via Skype or uh, like that from his webcam. Uh right, right. But like yeah. his twist like where he does his Twitch thing, which yeah. that's a whole other story. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. see, Tessa, you see how hard that is just to yeah. send a video from home, Tessa? You see how hard that is? Yeah. Holy shit. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then uh, Naomi went from SmackDown to Raw, and Bianca Belair went from Raw to SmackDown, which, yeah. Even though Bianca Belair had vignettes that were airing exclusively on Raw, they decided to send her to SmackDown before she actually <laughs> re-debuted. On the uh, ground. A lot of this is just reeking of Vince doing shit on the fly. 
Oh, that's that basically what the draft is every year, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah, but that, that's right because they they stuck it to Jim Ross that one year. Yeah. They drafted oh, him yeah. without his no without his knowing, and you could tell like he was visibly pissed. Yeah, he almost quit the company that night. That mm-hmm. one, yeah, that, that was when Michael Cole went to Raw. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right, right. Which I guess Cole is because I started watching the rerun of Raw this afternoon, but I got like two minutes in, hadn't even seen a match, and I said this was enough, and I didn't see Michael Cole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like so, so Cole is on SmackDown. Yeah, now he is. Okay, but all right. Ever ever since uh, SmackDown went to Fox, they wanted to move Michael Cole to SmackDown because that's their A show now. Uh, and essentially, Michael Cole is the blueprint for what all play-by-play play commentators modeled after now in WWE. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's been uh, there for twenty plus years, so. Yeah, but Michael Cole himself is essentially a carbon copy of how Vince McMahon used to be a commentator way back in the day. At least right. Vince didn't flub every two fucking sentences. Well, <laughs> like, well, I, I, can, I can forgive that. I can forgive that. But bomb. that was I just, <laughs> I just recently discovered that before bringing Cole in, I think it was on Corny, one of Corny's podcasts. Okay. Cole had, no experience in wrestling at all. Nothing. He was a newsman or something. He just looked. He just looked good and could talk. Yeah. And you know. And now yeah. he's been like doing this for twenty years. And now knowing that, I have even less interest in the guy. Well, to be honest with you, uh, Michael Cole is very good when he doesn't have Vince McMahon in his ear. Well, that's everyone. Yeah, like yeah. Vince. Like, leave everyone alone. <laughs> like, when, uh, three years ago when Michael Cole was doing commentary for the uh, NXT UK title tournament, when, like, okay. Triple H was in charge of that. So, mm. like, Michael Cole didn't have Vince McMahon in his ear the whole time. And that is some of the best commentary I've seen from Michael Cole since, like, the early days of SmackDown, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. So he he is good at his job. It's just that Vince McMahon has so much influence over everything that it just every play by play commentator on the main like on the that has come and gone through that with the main roster has just been a like a carbon copy of Michael Cole and essentially a carbon copy of how Vince used to do commentary. Like I right. said back, back in the nineties. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Where was mm. I again? Uh, yeah, Naomi went from SmackDown to Raw. Bianca Belair went from Raw to SmackDown. Um, uh, yeah, we, we mentioned Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio going from Raw to SmackDown. Uh, the Miz and John Morrison went from SmackDown to Raw. Okay, yeah. I like me some Morrison. Yeah, I love I love Miz and Morrison. I think they're a good. Uh, even though they're both. I'd, l- I'd love to see John Morrison like break branch off as a singles competitor and actually go for a title. Mm-hmm. I-, I do like the Miz and John Morrison as like a comic relief duo because they they remind me so much of Waldorf and Statler from the Muppet Show. <laughs> Just- <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm calling them from now on. Dude, dude, okay. 
<laughs> when I woke up this morning, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm putting shit in my head about what we're talking about, not once did I think those two names <laughs> were going to come up. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean like uh, like leg- legitimately though, like that that's how well they work together and I think that's their brand of comedy. Like <laughs> the way the way they feed off each other and like the stuff that they say totally reminds me of those two. Maybe that's what the the okay, we probably shouldn't put it out there into the 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 wrestling universe and all that, but that that might actually work for a wrestling show have two guys kind of up on the second balcony somewhere <laughs> and in, in between matches or whenever just making smart ass comments and all that i think that would work okay patent pending snowy ain't patent pending right yeah. now okay sorry go on <laughs> yeah all right and then <laughs> in the jesus christ <laughs> Sorry. Well, we broke Snowy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay. All right, and in the final draft, or final round of the night, the biggest shock, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods had returned from injuries that they that they both had, and they had a SmackDown championship, or a SmackDown tag team title match against Nakamura and uh, Cesaro, just kind of an on-the-fly thing. They ended up winning, surprise, surprise, because <laughs> the New Day always has to have the tag titles. But then after that, uh, after winning the SmackDown tag team titles, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods got drafted to Raw while Big stayed on SmackDown. Okay, so basically what you're saying is the New, the new Day are toast now. Well, one-third of the New Day anyway. It's a sad day, yes it is. Yeah. Okay. Do you think maybe this is the idea is to give Biggie a push as a singles competitor? Yep. They're it, it does kind of remind me though when they split the Dudley boys up unnecessarily, like twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. The very first draft. Oh, so. when they Devon became Reverend Devon. Yeah, which that that was a fart in church for a bad pun. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, and then six months later they just reunited. Right, right. Yeah, but like it sucked. Yeah, well, who knows? Like, like the rumor is is that uh, Big E's going to get a repackaging. Okay. Uh, but depending on how well it goes, like how well his booking is, whether it's a failure, whether it's a success, that I guess that'll determine whether or not he stays as a singles competitor or whether he, they just reunite the New Day again. <laughs> yeah. If uh, anything, if his single push fails, I have a feeling they're going to send him to Raw, and then he'll rejoin the New Day for a few weeks, and then maybe, if you think about it, what if he joined the Hurt business? Well, the Hurt business already has four guys, and I think when you get when you start to get more than four guys in a stable, it becomes a little... Mm. Unnecessary. That's yeah, true. We're, not, we're not NWO. Yeah. We don't need a hundred people yeah. in a fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every other guy. <laughs> yeah. What What are we gonna do with this guy? Here, just throw a black shirt on him. There we go. Yeah. That'll. Yeah. He's exactly. an NWO member now. That'll do it. And then they do nothing with him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but he looked uh, good in that shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he in NWO last week? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> 
But uh, no, like what about this is that like this isn't like the randomized draft that they used to have back in the day. Like mm-hmm. what? Like when, like when Jim Ross got drafted to SmackDown, like you said. But like these, these are all like predetermined, like in kayfabe by the executives at USA Network and Fox. So why the hell in kayfabe would the USA Network executives, Kofi and Xavier Woods, but not Big E? <laughs> right? Yeah. Good question. Good question. Yeah. So the whole thing doesn't make any sense. And like, if your plan is to push. Biggie as a single star, fine. I'm all for that. However, when they, uh-huh. did, when they did that with Kofi next or last year, when he was WWE champion, he was still a member of the New Day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And then they made him lose to Brock Lesnar in eight fucking seconds. No. Actually, it was nine seconds. That's that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other thing that just. Uh, uh, okay, but they've they've come out and said like. Lesnar is no longer contracted to the WWF uh-huh. at all, right? Uh, as of right now, Paul, Paul know, Heyman that did. Yeah, that could change at any second, though. Right. Like, it's just a matter of Vince McMahon <laughs> saying, "Here's eight billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> for, no, for absolutely no reason oh, and no return. <laughs> It'll do absolutely nothing for our bottom Here's line." Money. Yeah. Uh, Come F five, this dude. I'll give you a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Well, exactly. I'll I give think... guys the easiest front bumps of their career, and I'll give you lots of money. Yeah. When Lesnar comes back, which I'm pretty sure he will, like I'm sure we'll get a whole episode out of out of out of Lesnar. Yeah. So, oh, where are we with the draft? We'll, yes. Well, yeah, we'll touch back on <laughs> on Big E and uh, the New Day later on. But, but like, yeah. WWE split up so many tag teams too. It's like, thanks, Vince. Yeah. Uh, but after, yeah, the the post show draft, Murphy went to SmackDown from Raw to continue that storyline with the Mysterios, and uh, Drew Gulak went from SmackDown to Raw, even though he was already appearing on Raw as part of the twenty four seven title picture. So that was kind of pointless. Kalisto stayed on SmackDown. The rest of the Lucha House Party, or Grand Metalik and uh, Lince Dorado went to Raw. So that's another <laughs> stable that got broken up. But nobody really cared about Lucha House Party. So, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Tucker from Heavy Machinery went from SmackDown to Raw, whereas Otis stayed on SmackDown. So Miz and Morrison and Tucker all went to Raw, but Otis stayed on SmackDown, even though all four of those guys were having an ongoing story about Miz and Morrison taking Otis to court for the Money in the Bank briefcase, so I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> okay, okay. At least, are, at least, are they doing going to do anything with the briefcase aside from this faux pas thing here? Like, are they because he's had it for a while and he hasn't cashed in or anything? No, I don't think they have any plans for him to do anything with it, as far as I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> they kind of just put it on him as like a. As like a shock value thing, but then they were just like, "Okay, so this guy's not really like as much as I love Otis. He's he's good comic relief, but he's not really world champion material." It all depends on how you book him. Like you, you, you take one look at Dusty Rhodes, and you would think well, this guy's a world champion. No, like he looks like a trucker. You know, True. <laughs> True. but you know. but like, anyways, yes. 
Like there were there were rumors going around that uh, Otis was going to use it to cash the cash in on the tag team titles, which uh, was which would be a first ever time thing, which I which I was kind of all for, but but now his tag team partner has been drafted to Raw, so <laughs> <laughs> so right. I don't know where you go like right. well, yeah like so yeah Otis's tag team partner, the two guys he was feuding with, and his girlfriend. Have all been drafted to Raw. <laughs> like everybody but Vince and his screenwriters that he brought in must be just shaking their heads. Yeah, even Bruce Pritchard must be like, "Fuck, what are we doing here?" I mean, he'll never say it because those oh, he's, he's, lips, lips have been locked on Vince's ass for how many years now? That's never going to yeah. change. But <laughs> he like, loves Vince. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but everyone must be just so frustrated. Yeah. Well, I think the I think that was the one of the reasons why Arn Anderson got released uh, as a producer, backstage producer, backstage because he was the only one, only one of the guys that was like, because like backstage producers work like with the talent on like promos and shit, and they're like, okay, here's what you're doing, like here's what here's your script, and we're gonna work through the script, and like sometimes like talent would be like, oh, this is horrible. And like Arn Anderson was like the only one of the guys backstage who'd be like, "Yeah, I know, but it's what we've given him, so we gotta we gotta go with it." Whereas like generally, other producers are like supposed to be like company men, like all gung ho. Like if someone says, "Oh, this is horrible," they're like, "No, what do you mean? This what is do you mean? Vince, Vince what, wrote it. Like, come on, WWE, you should be grateful that you're even here." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh... But instead, yeah, we got Bruce Pritchard being a yes man to Vince, basically agreeing with everything he says. That uh, goes back to never meet your heroes. Yeah. When, when you hear yeah. one of your favorite wrestlers talking like, no, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, uh-huh. like Vince wrote it. And it's like, uh, I remember when I used to respect you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... That's another. That's also another topic. For oh, today. yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So continuing on, night two of the draft. Night two. Oh night my two. God. It was, yeah, guys- it, yeah. It, you know, it, yeah. It was on uh, an episode of SmackDown, which continued on to the pre- the next episode of Raw. So the very first, yeah, very first pick of the night, going from SmackDown to Raw, was the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Which, Ooh. yeah. So yeah. The Fiend goes from, yeah, Fridays to Mondays. And honestly, I, I'm all for this because I didn't think SmackDown was a long enough show to really showcase how vast of a character The Fiend can be. Because, like, having that extra hour can really, like, give you, a, like, just that proper amount of time. Yeah, to you have can really the- flesh it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, when... Like when when the fiend was on Raw initially, when he was feuding with uh, Seth Rollins, obviously that feud ended up taking a turn for the worst. But <laughs> the way he was featured on the show, I think, was a lot better than the way he was featured on SmackDown. That and the whole the whole, the the whole color red thing kind of all goes together. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but yeah, that's I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes because the fiends. Uh, Reemergence on Raw later in the night was actually pretty awesome, but I'll get to that when I get to uh, the other half of his little tandem that got drafted. But anyway, yeah, Bailey stayed on SmackDown with the SmackDown title. Randy Orton stayed on Raw, and then 
the Street Profits, who are the who were the current Raw Tag Team Champions, got drafted to SmackDown. So T- together, Raw, yes. So okay. the Raw Tag Team Champions got drafted to SmackDown, and the on SmackDown the the SmackDown Tag Team Champions got drafted to Raw. So because of this. They they just traded belts. That's exactly what happened. They traded belts. Uh, okay, because I was thinking, oh no, they like if they're gonna if they're gonna build the tension by we're gonna we're even gonna we're gonna throw the champions into the draft and all that. We're really gonna shake things up. Okay, if you send the titles from one to the other, okay, you you now have the Raw on SmackDown or SmackDown on Raw or whatever. So logically you would have to strip them of the title and have a tournament back on their original show. But now you're punishing those champions just for having a name. In yeah. A half, basically. Well, <laughs> basically. They, they did say at the, at the top of the draft that they said, if a champion gets drafted, their title goes with them. Okay. However, like, like <laughs> you could end up with all the titles on one show. Yeah, and but like, nothing but the twenty four seven on the other. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, that would make something really entertaining, though. For a night, <laughs> yeah, for one night, I guess it'd be the yeah. it'd be the WrestleMania seventeen with the hardcore title all over again. Oh yeah, that yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I, I like after. After uh, Kofi and Woods got drafted to Raw, being the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, this is was obviously going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I called this, and also Montez Ford's wife Bianca Belair being drafted to SmackDown. That's what I expected to happen as well. Uh-huh. So yeah, <laughs> like, like the whole the whole situation seemed like a little anticlimactic, being that it was like a backstage segment where adam pierce was just like standing back there with new day and uh and the street profits being like okay since you guys have been drafted to opposite brands you should just trade titles they were like okay and that's (laughs) and that's how they did it they just yeah they both just just traded belts okay Uh, talk about anticlimactic no what you do is is you go okay? We're here. We're in a situation. We don't know what these champions. What we're going to do with our championships? Tune in next week, you know. Yeah. And uh, the the WWE Championship Committee has to get together and decide what we're going to do. And you know, like a next next week show that the makeup a committee whoever. Have mm-hmm. them showing up, you know, before the show starts. You know, sir, sir, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Is stick a mic in his face? Well, we'll get to that later on. We'll, by the time the show's over, see, I can write this shit. Yeah. You don't, you don't need, you don't need a fucking screenwriter. You need a wrestling writer. <laughs> it was just, it was lazy booking. Like very, very keyword, keyword. Yeah. Like what I would have done. Like calling back to our previous uh, episode, we were talking about uh, like realigning the championships. What I would have done is I would have set up a match between the two teams to determine the undisputed tag team champions, unifying the titles, and then having the tag team champions being able, to, whoever they may be at the time, going, being able to like like bounce between either brand. Right. 
yeah. the whole yeah this is a golden opportunity to start doing that yeah but instead nope it's just like it's like you're on the blue band you're on the blue brand but you're uh belts are red you're on the red brand yeah. your belts are blue so you got to trade <laughs> okay this is one of the stupidest things i've ever heard so we can't, I, they could have at least had uh like a two fall match or it's oh the first falls for these tag titles and the second falls for these ones and switch them that way because no. new day versus street profits would be good it would be yeah i i, I agree with you but I, I think WWE the, logic. Yeah. Well, no. I th- I think no the, one wants to see that. It'd be terrible. Yeah. I, yeah nobody cares about the tag team titles. <laughs> I, I think not, <laughs> not only the not only the opportunity to unify the titles and have less titles to worry about was there. They also had the opportunity to get rid of both of those god awful looking belts. <laughs> Maybe introduce like a new tag team, a world tag team title belt that would actually look decent. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you're right. Like I, I, I can't add anything else to what you're saying. Like you're, yeah. just, this is bang like on. Was, <laughs> like it was just like shock value initially, and then it's just like, and here's the payoff. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, oh, it, that, that very scenario sounds like it was written by Vince Russo. <laughs> yeah, that's very Russo-esque. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't care for it. Like, like I, I, I predicted that that's exactly how it was going to turn out, but I hoped for something better. <laughs> like, but then I... Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you're like fully fully head-on invested in both brands and all that how are you supposed to remember this stuff like with so many titles and now you're switching titles back and forth and just trading belts here you take that i'll take this and all and all all that how are you supposed to remember this shit i don't know like i'm having a hard enough time at least last year, like last year with the draft, they had the world champions stay on whatever brand they represented. But Brock Lesnar ended up just going to Raw because, and then the Fiend won the Smack won the Universal Title from Rollins, so that's made the Blue Universal Championship. Well, hey, it looks better than the red one. I, okay. In- yeah, <laughs> it looks so much better than the red one. Yeah. But uh, I digress. <laughs> but yeah, like at least I would have thought like maybe like the only the only titles that really make sense to switch that would stick would be the IC and the US titles because they mm-hmm. aren't brand, they aren't brand specified. Right. By name, right. By name or by color. <laughs> right yeah and they yeah you're right there's if, if you absolutely positively have to screw with your roster champions yeah switching those two up okay yeah well in my like like i said on our previous episode about about the titles is that the u.s and intercontinental titles should be the only brand exclusive titles anyway hmm. <laughs> oh for sure yeah but yeah, is what it is. We're back to square one. We we still have Raw and SmackDown tag team champions. 
even though it was by way of a by way of a tradesies. 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 Say we can't have the Pepsi belts on the Coke brand, and we can't have the Coke belts on the Pepsi brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, were there any others? Yeah. Uh, okay. Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte Flair stayed on Raw. Braun Strowman went from SmackDown to Raw, which, man, who cares? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, uh, Daniel Bryan stayed on SmackDown. Did Raw, Sorry? I didn't see that. Sorry? Did you say they drafted Strowman to Raw? Yeah, Strowman went from SmackDown to Raw. Oh, didn't see that. Well, I haven't watched Raw yet, so. Yeah, even though he had, and then he had a universal title match last night against Roman Reigns for yeah. reasons. <laughs> but, just to throw off Roman's new sig- new uh, submission finisher, basically. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, that like yeah, that ch- uh, chokehold thing that he was doing. Yeah, which I, I saw highlights of that. Does he have new music yet? No, he doesn't. He's still using the Shield music. Change your goddamn music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Daniel Daniel Bryan stayed on SmackDown because, well. He's Mr. SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle went from SmackDown to Raw. Kevin Owens went from Raw to SmackDown. Jeff Hardy went from SmackDown to Raw. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. All of Retribution got drafted to Raw. Because, you know, it makes sense to draft the, the group whose sole purpose is to try and tear down the entire company. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. And, Right, right. Yeah. yeah, but that's, yeah, Retribution's an entire other topic. Uh, Alexa Bliss, she got drafted from SmackDown to Raw, so she could be with her new uh, her new partner in The Fiend. Oh, a Beauty and the Beast thing. I can I can go with that. But their their whole debut came, uh, it was kind of random, because, like, you, I know usually The Fiend goes after uh, people who Bray Wyatt has... Uh, lost to in the past but like during this match between Andrade and Angel Garza that was on Raw Zelina Vega was on uh, commentary and she was bad mouthing Alexa Bliss and then after Andrade lost and uh, Garza had left the ring they were in there together and then then the whole like lights powering down thing happened that the Fiend usually does and then and then when the red lights came back on with the eerie music that the Fiend has when he's in the ring a real annoying chalkboard sound. Nails on the chalkboard. I, I like that sound. It does its job. <laughs> it, it's, it does. It's creepy sounding. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Alexa Bliss was just standing in the corner of the ring doing that upside down pose that Bray Wyatt would do to freak out his opponents. So she was standing right. there. And then the Fiend came up behind Andrade, put him in the position for the sister Abigail move. Alexa Bliss then put Zelina Vega in the Sister Abigail position, and then they both delivered Dario Sister Abigails that were both perfectly timed. And it looked, I don't know, it was so visually pleasing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. To see them both hit the move at the exact same time. And that was kind of their, like, raw arrival, I suppose. And I'm looking forward to seeing where that storyline goes, because I'm, I'm actually really digging that whole storyline. Okay. Yeah. Right on, right on. So is that was that is that the was that it for the draft? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. That, that was just kind of a kind of an asterisk that I decided to put in there because ah. 
because the fiend got drafted to rob and i was like oh you better take alexa bliss with him <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and then they, yeah and once again, the numerical odds of that happening. Are... Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. But let's see. Uh, Elias got drafted from SmackDown to Raw. Sami Zayn stayed on SmackDown with the Intercontinental title. Um, Lacey Evans got drafted to Raw from SmackDown, but, well, whatever. A <laughs> woman's got... right. Yeah. <laughs> Sheamus got drafted to Raw from SmackDown, taking him away from the Intercontinental title, which will prolong his uh, his Grand Slam championship win, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, then Nikki Cross, who up until recently was tag team partners with Alexa Bliss, got drafted from SmackDown to Raw, which I guess she's going to eventually pop up in this whole storyline with The Fiend and her. Probably. Right. Yeah, but I, I thought this was a good. This would have been a good opportunity to separate them, like keep her on SmackDown and have Nikki do her own thing. But whatever, I don't work for WWE, so. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because if we did, it would we be can't good. Give them our good ideas. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, we never wrote any episodes of Three's Company, so how could we be wrestling writers? Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode as a tag team, which I like to call Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> they got drafted from Raw to SmackDown. R-Truth stayed on Raw with the 24-7 title because I guess the 24-7 title needs a three-hour uh, time period to <laughs> to do their own their whole thing with that title. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so that... <laughs> Nothing really changed there. Apollo Crews went from Raw to SmackDown, even though he came from SmackDown to Raw literally earlier this year, like I think April. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's right, because he jumped SmackDown feud with MVP, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the only other trade from another brand. Uh, yeah, it was Alistair Black went from Raw to SmackDown, so he's probably going to continue his feud with Kevin Owens. Which I'm not going right. to. I was kind of hoping that Alistair Black was going to stay on Raw with the Fiend because, like, I was I, I just was hoping something was going to happen there because they're both like, those, like dark brooding characters. I thought I didn't want to really necessarily see them feud because the Fiend is a heel, Alistair Black just turned heel, so I would have liked to have seen Alistair Black maybe join up with The Fiend. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. But I guess we'll have to wait till next year or whenever they decide to send someone from one brand to another. Right. And then the post-show, the post-show draft for that, Lana stayed on Raw, Natalia Neidhart went from Raw to SmackDown, and the Riot Squad Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan went from Raw to SmackDown. And that was it. That's the draft. Okay. Okay. Are you, for the most part, here, we'll use our rating systems. For this year's draft, horns up, horns down, horns in the middle, how do you feel? Uh, I say horns in the middle, but, like, I have my... Oh no! Wait, there's more. <laughs> so, oh, oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, Grand Metalik and Lindsay Dorado went from SmackDown to Raw. 
Billy Kay of the Iconics went from Raw to SmackDown, so the Iconics are officially separated now. Okay. Uh, Zelina Vega went from Raw to SmackDown, so yeah, she's officially separated from uh, Andrade and Angel Garza. So she can be with her husband now? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. That's it now, for sure. Everybody else was not in the draft pool. Oh, okay, okay. Like this... I'm hearing all these teams being broken up and all that, and it's like, okay, you have two titles, you have two, two tag team titles. Like, yeah, here's a good time to start killing off all your teams, mm-hmm. you know, unless you know, they're going to start making new ones. Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you, man. Like, the, the, it just like it just goes to show you, even though like your main competitions. Biggest focus is their tag team division. Like you would think that would be a good time to maybe start building on your own tag team division, mm-hmm. but no. right. <laughs> Instead, you just continue to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Before uh, I have to run upstairs for just a minute, but before I do, I just saw this meme come across my Facebook, which I tried so hard not to fucking laugh out loud in the middle of this conversation we were having. <laughs> <laughs> this says I will I will say this because we can say Carino. I hope Carino doesn't last long. The Carino. Rey Mysterio and Dominic versus Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well. Okay, with I'm kinda glad he, he brought that up because there was something I don't know if this story has started or not, but you know, it's this is kind of like a little disturbing. What's Mysterio's daughter's name? Oh, Aaliyah. Okay, she's legit nineteen, so she 19 is. Years old. Yep. Okay, but yes, no, she, she's a shoot nineteen. Is yeah. oh, that's that's good. That's good. Um, are they not making? Were they not bringing? They're going to do some angle where Murphy was going to start to try to woo her or no i am i have a feeling they're still going to do that but just on smackdown instead mm-hmm. of ron hey okay i understand okay 18 you're supposed to be you're legally an adult and all that but still how i don't know this as a father you know yeah. especially to a young lady okay this kind of makes me ugh. yeah she's 19 and murphy's 33 I think. Oh my god! See, I actually, thought, I thought Murphy was only like mid twenties, and I no, still kind of went. Ugh. Murphy's thirty-one. Okay, oh, it's, it's not okay. so much that. Okay, that just compounds it. It wasn't so much his age; it was her age at any age that the guy is. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of thirty, yeah, and she's only like just entering adulthood. You know, yeah. Even, know. Like, there's even rumors going around that Vince has like offered her offered her a contract to, to be a superstar. <laughs> it's like Vince hates Andrade, but he likes Aaliyah Mysterio. Yeah, well, that's Vince for it. Yeah. What could she possibly do? Like, aside from this stupid, you know? Yeah. After this, after this wraps up, then what? Yeah. Well, like, what are you gonna do with her? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's got to be only a year contract. Um, I, 
I would think so, but <laughs> and I just I just like to Rey Mysterio himself, like like what are you thinking? You know, to have to allow your daughter in this angle. Like I understand it's out of his control and mm-hmm. you, you know, but like there comes a time like he's he's I'm sure he's not hurting for money. No, no, right? I, no, I, I would certainly good. hope. I would, I would certainly hope so. So there's got to come a time where you know you got to say like, no, no, you can't do this. But now, yeah. then again, you know, perhaps they approached her and said, "Hey, we got this contract for you if you do this stupid angle that well, really we, grosses we everyone." Sign after they pulled his ping pong eye out. So. Oh. It- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But they, like, like obviously, Ray's not hurting for money, and then Dominic just got signed to a contract too. So, mm-hmm. I think the family as a whole is pretty well off. Yeah, right, right, right. And what are they? they what are they going to do with him? Sunset for the end, rest of their life, and be good. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, because uh, sorry, Dominic is starting at the top. Yeah, he okay. didn't even. Go- right right like just like the world the wrestling world in general he was just a little kid and he was in a storyline in the wwf yeah okay now he's i hope he's He's of age okay okay um does he have any training does he have anything is like is he at least he had been been training at the performance center for quite a while before actually debuting on okay yeah because that, that was part of Rey Mysterio's uh, contract when he re-signed in 2018, I think, was that Dominic would get training at the Performance Center. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's really only been in the biz, like, hands-on for a couple years. Yeah, but that's two years of rigorous training at a school specifically designed for that. So if he's been doing it consistently for two years, then sure. Like I haven't like, and based on what I've seen of him so far, he seems to be doing pretty good. His his mic work isn't great, but his in ring work is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll hold judgment on that until I can really see it. It just the whole thing kind of reeked of style over substance, sizzle yeah. over steak. Yeah, nepotism. <laughs> just because he's <laughs> mysterious. Right, right. Okay, Ducky, are you back? You said you had to go upstairs. Yeah. I stayed in the conversation, so I haven't ran upstairs yet. Okay. <laughs> you know, dude, the idea was for us to talk about something uh-huh. while you went upstairs. Go into the next subject. I'll be back in a minute. Okay, yes. <laughs> We're, okay, we'll we'll take this sorry. We'll we'll take this opportunity to uh Take a little break before we go into turnbuckle talks. Okay, we're all back. We're all ready to rock and roll. We've all re- replenished our drinks because I think we yep. need it after after all that draft talk and all that. Cool, cool. Um, what are you drinking there, man? I have just opened a Wayne Gretzky number ninety nine craft brewing beer. A Wayne Gretzky beer. Yeah. That, that's an actual thing. Yep. <laughs> the can is boring as shit. It's it's like two lines from like 
the blue lines from the hockey rinks and then the orange line up the middle and then just what's supposed to be the puck and it just says Wayne Gretzky's number 99. Uh, I think I'm still going to go look for one in case anyone is wondering, um, like outside of Canada and maybe like, you know, major hotbeds in the U.S. where hockey is a thing. Wayne Gretzky is kind of like the Babe Ruth of professional hockey or the Michael Jordan of professional hockey. And it's I think it's I think it's kind of apropos, you know, that there's a Canadian beer named after like the greatest Canadian hockey player. Like, like of all time. <laughs> okay, I, I want one now. I think when we're done here, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna walk. Gonna go for a walk to the beer store and grab myself. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Speaking of great Canadians and celebrations and all of that great stuff, just recently. A fellow Winnipegger, our homeboy, not only one of the greatest wrestlers that ever lived, but the other half of us is that he is a legit metalhead, metal musician, and all-around great guy. One Chris Jericho celebrated his 30th year in the wrestling biz with an amazing show, at least, eh, well... I don't know about that, but I think they celebrated the right way for the most part. Do you guys remember like the celebration show on AEW Dynamite? Yeah, the the match itself wasn't the best match he's ever had. <laughs> right. Right, right. It was Chris Jericho, Jake Hager versus Dr. Luther. And Pentaco, Pentaco, right? The Pentaco, yeah, right, right, right. And that was, you know, in honor of Jericho's thirtieth birthday, birthday, his thirtieth <laughs> year. Yeah, at twenty years. Shit, he's thirty. God damn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> better, better add twenty, twenty years to that. Leading up to that match, though, I kind of thought it was pretty cool. Some of the um, well-wishers, some of the congratulatory people, and I should have wrote them all down, but uh, it was kind of cool seeing, you know, people like Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons from Kiss. Mm -hmm. uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Um, those really stuck out for me. Um, some, of the, some of the wrestlers, though, I think we saw Lance Storm. Yep. Who yeah, he would, was there. yeah. Right, because so uh, Ultimate Dragon was in there too. Right, right, and um, Don Callis. Well, of course, Don Callis has to be there. Right, right. <laughs> and for the reasons they will be getting to all of that, for the reasons why those individuals, you know, were kind of giving out their 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 congratulations, we'll get to soon enough. I just I have to admit I was really marking out for these. It's like, oh, yeah, look at that. Oh, Lance Storm. Oh, Dog House. This is great. Yeah. This, this, this is great. Really, the, the, the rest of the show, I'm not really retaining very no. much. It's, it's kind of been a couple weeks. But the main event, okay, I thought it was very apropos. And, uh, like, since Dr. Luther... Could can still go somewhat. I mean, I'm his age is showing, 
and like AEW gets a lot of uh, a, a lot of criticism for their stars bringing in their friends. Yeah, know, which 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 I see it, you know. But all that kind of was put aside because I could not think maybe outside of Lance Storm himself. I couldn't think of a more apropos opponent for Chris Jericho in his 30th celebration than Dr. Luther, regardless of the match. Because, yeah, like, if you're if people are going to criticize, yeah, it was a terrible match. Yeah, they're showing their age, this, that. Everything you want to chuck at that match, you can. Me, personally, all of that meant nothing for one match. Yeah, like, 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 come on, internet geeks and keyboard warriors and cornets. Okay, <laughs> like, like, I think, I think we can forgive it for one match. You know, for the rhyme and reason. The only thing that I really didn't dig about the celebration and all that was the faces afterwards coming out. And giving the congratulations and celebrating him and all that. And it's like, I understand why we're putting, you know, we're suspending our disbelief. Were they all heels that came out, though? No, it was the fa- it was faces as well. Pretty much the whole roster all came out. I thought it was and all. No, no, no. It, 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 was, it was faces as well. And because that, that got me going, okay, this doesn't make any sense. I understand, okay, this is when you're now suspending your disbelief for something you're already doing it for. And I just kind of went, okay, maybe if you just had all the heels come out or make it a, uh, a whole thing with uh, just the inner circle and all that, uh, that, that, that might've worked, you know, you know, to its, to its favorite, that said, that is kind of a little thing. It didn't. It didn't detract for anything, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the whole the whole celebration as a whole. They, I think they had to have like a huge crowd of guys out there because like the way like the way the way they ended the show. I liked how they ended it with like that, that Saturday Night Live style, like with the music and the credits. Right. <laughs> like, the Chris the Jericho credit, was camera. Like, all, yeah, every every credit was Chris Jericho. Uh-huh. Like the way it was like scrolling up and like and just like hearing, <laughs> hearing uh <laughs> hearing uh Excalibur in the background just going like like yeah Chris Jericho does camera four <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was good yeah and then yeah, Jr is like oh he's ambidextrous <laughs> <laughs> well he's well he's he's multi talented okay he not only you know is he a great professional wrestler he's a musician he wrote a book. I'm sure, like, I'm... Several books. Sorry? Uh, three books, I think. Right, right. Like, yeah. he's an author. He's, I'm sure he's done... He is... Like, what else is that? He's done his podcast. He's, yeah. you know... There's nothing, like, this guy hasn't done. So I'm sure he could do camera four. Like, come on. How hard <laughs> could it be? Yeah. <laughs> For a guy that's done so much. So, being, you know... Wrestling fans, being hard music fans, being from Winnipeg, we kind of want to get in on the celebration here. And for us, 
that means kind of this week's turnbuckle talk kind of dedicating it all things Jericho or at least some of our key points much in the way we celebrated the life and times of the road warriors last episode fortunately we're not doing it for death we're doing it for a positive yes we're we're not mourning we're celebrating um which kind of makes me takes us right to the beginning how did you guys do you guys recall the wise wares and wherefores of discovering who Chris Jericho is? I do, yeah. Where were you? How old were you? In what way? What capacity? I was 12 years old. Uh, Jericho was still in WCW. Okay. Yep. Uh, I think at the time, he was, like when I first learned about who he was, he was the uh, WCW uh, television champion. And he okay. was like, yep, making appearances on WCW Saturday nights and like, like, like at the time, like I was still like, obviously I was 12 years old. I was still like big into the whole kayfabe thing, like hating the heels, loving the, loving the baby faces, mm-hmm. not being able to appreciate why I loved and hated either of them. <laughs> but, uh, right. Yeah. So Jericho, I just knew as this fucking arrogant fucking prick that I just <laughs> absolutely loathed. And then right. like, Someone at school, I was in grade seven, and someone someone at school had told me, like, hey, you know, Jericho's from Winnipeg. I was like, what? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? He can't be. He's evil. Yeah, it's like, goddamn that asshole. <laughs> like, so, yeah, eventually, like, as, to, yeah, as, like, a couple months go by, he's, uh, he loses the TV title to Conan, and for the most part, we don't ever see him again on WCW. And then r- rumors started circulating. This is really, really before the, the whole dirt sheet thing became a huge thing on the internet. But the rumors were circulating that Jericho was in talks with WWF. And then the whole millennium countdown clock started happening. And I was like, oh, okay. What's going on here? <laughs> and that piqued my interest. And then sure enough, I don't know, that August episode of uh, Monday Night Raw in 1999, the countdown clock came to an end, and who was it? As soon as the, the the word Jericho flashed across the screen, I was like, I was like, holy shit, it's him! <laughs> like, and yeah, it's that asshole from where I live. Yeah, sure. that's right. No. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a special moment for not only Jericho fans but just wrestling in general. Like he'll always like that's. Whenever, you know, when people make the the top 10 Chris Jericho moments, like that's for all he's done, the WWF appearance, first entrance, you know, like that's going to be on near near the top of everyone's list. He knows how to make a debut. That's uh-huh. right. Definitely. Yeah. But he is like, just like the way he came out, like right in the middle of a rock promo. <laughs> like, like, like. Yeah, like the, the the he had he had the pyro and this music and the like like nobody knew who it was until like the word Jericho flashed across the screen and you heard for the very first time that break the walls down and I was like <laughs> like I like my eyes went wide and I was like holy shit he's here and then he did like the first time you ever saw that iconic pose of his in WWF when he was like mm-hmm. back to the crowd with both arms stretched out. And then 
he said like his very first line was welcome to raw is jericho and i was like okay <laughs> i'm on board <laughs> That's that's definitely the way that's definitely the way to do it. As I'm think as this is going on, like I'm watching this too, and you have to wonder, like Bischoff, why was what what was so hard about this? Like, yeah, why isn't this guy a huge thing on your show? Because of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly like yeah. he's because he's stacked his roster. With all of these people that really don't give a shit that are there for a payday. And instead of investing in your future and making a star, you gave one away. And yep, yep. look what like I look what Vince did with them. And yeah. like far be it like there are very few people that will make me or force me to have to give Vince McMahon credit for something. Even though and, Vince, even though even though Vince did say that that's at one point that Jericho's contract wasn't worth the paper it was printed on. <laughs> <laughs> that's very Vince. Yeah, that's very Vince. Yeah, yeah. This guy's too small. Yeah, <laughs> which, I, which, I, which I never understood that mentality. Yeah, okay, Hogan, big big star but then you know you have your Bret Hart's you have your Shawn Michaels you have your Chris Jericho's you have your Rey Mysterio's despite not being the biggest guys you know they still went on like to mm-hmm. achieve amazing stuff so I don't understand Vince's man mentality what about you dude do you remember your how you discovered Chris Jericho uh probably when dad and I were watching Monday Night or jumping back and forth from Raw and WCW. Right. Like the same thing like Matt said. It's like, yeah, this guy's a prick and we hate him. <laughs> <laughs> and then the same thing with oh, the Countdown to the Millennium. And me and Dad were like, okay, what the fuck is this? And then Jericho showed up and we're like, okay, they brought this guy over. Let's see what he can do. And it's like, no, he's, 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 um, oh shit. He's interrupting the rock. Okay, decent. And then he really? just did yeah. so he did decent. It's just like okay. Maybe there's something here. Yeah, because they really threw him to the wolves because what if he tanked? Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. what yeah. if like holy shit. Yeah. You know? He's like one of the and only just guys. like he gets there. Good luck. You're in, you're interrupting Dwayne. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like not 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 everybody can say that they can go toe to toe with the rock. It, uh, in, a, in a promo battle like mm. your not first night has, in like, yeah not everybody has that gift of the gab but uh jericho is one of them yep. for sure for sure for sure and you could see the way it uh that it it transcend everything else just uh, from that launching point from that launching point um with with myself okay i'm an old man Yep. Wrestling fan from Winnipeg. It was the old WFWA. It was the old IWA shows here in Winnipeg. Watching, you know, all the wrestling I can, you know, while because Jericho was about my age. We're about the same age, you know. And when he was making his debut in the Winnipeg Indies, I was watching everything, everything mm-hmm. that I that I that I could get my beady little eyeballs on. 
And those those federations, you know, those local indies, you know, really caught my attention. Not only did the IWA, WFWA produce like Jericho, it gave us Lance Storm, it gave us Cyrus, it gave us Edge, they brought in Ultimo Dragon, they brought in Bad News Brown. Of course, I knew him before Bad News Brown in the WWF as Bad News Allen from the old Stampede. They brought in the Great Gamma. They brought in Jerry Morrow. Like Chichi Cruz was in. Wasn't Rhino probably in those two? Uh, later on, late later on, Rhino came in. Jay Jay Rezzo, who would know, go on as Christian Cage. You know, but I never actually saw him on TV. Okay, all that, but yeah, Jericho was discovered here, I believe, by Tony Candelo and did the whole um, Northern Death Tour and all that. Like, we're all familiar. Like, you guys are familiar with, with what that was? Uh, a little bit. Okay, the, the Northern Death Tour was, it's a thing of, thing of legend here in the Winnipeg wrestling scene where Tony Candelo and grab his roster of guys from the Indies in Winnipeg, they went what they would go and do shows up north on the reservations and all that. You were guaranteed a sellout of every venue because well, what else is there to do when you're living up north? There's nothing. Yeah. And all that. Well, they would make the winter trips up in the cold and the snow and in the van and a shitty van. And there's stories of you know, okay, if we cross this lake, this frozen lake now, it'll save us a lot of time instead of going around. So they're, you know, crossing frozen rivers and lakes and all that. Like we could have lost, we could have lost Jericho. We could have lost Storm. We could have lost Edge. We could have lost all of these people. Okay. Because the water, the ice wasn't thick enough. Yeah, like, that was a thing. <laughs> okay, and all that. So yes, Jericho was all part of the Northern Death Tour, and that's yeah. when I first discovered him. I think Christian told the the story on the episode of the show called WWE Story Time. Ah. It's like, yeah, guys, guys tell stories about stuff that happened, and then like there's you see animated versions of it play out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, him talking about this. Actually, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had actually gone on to um, him and Lance Storm were doing Smoky Mountain, You're bouncing back and forth. Smoky Mountain, Japan, the you know, the WFWA would turn into the IWA here and all that. So, yeah, he was still super, super indie guys. And you saw the potential, mm-hmm. you saw the potential with. Chris Jericho because he you you could see okay still a little green on the mic but he still sounds good and he's he's you know he's got everything you know no I honestly didn't know for sure that he would become the top tier upper echelon but this guy was going to have a career in one of the big leagues like you 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 could tell Absolutely. and he obviously did. So that's kind of my uh, my experience there. You guys ever, because being from Winnipeg and all that, you guys ever met Chris Jericho? Yes, I have once. Okay. Yeah. 
It was uh, 2007 as uh, the signing of uh, his first book. Okay. Uh, a Lion's Tale. Yeah, I, I bought it at uh, Chapters and read the whole thing cover to cover. Mm-hmm. Loved every second of it. Like the whole, like his first book uh, tells like the whole story of him growing up in in Winnipeg, uh, the Westwood area, and like going to wrestling shows at the barn, like when he could. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I think he even mentions like taking the number twenty one bus down Portage Avenue at, at one point in his book. And I was like, I was like, I I understood that rip. Uh-huh. I get I get that. Everything he's saying, we know this. We're the only ones. No yeah. one else in no one else in the wrestling world knows what the fuck he's talking about. But we do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, the, the yeah, the, the whole book was <laughs> no, it's a bus. Yeah. But uh yeah, the the his first book just tells like the whole story of him growing up in Winnipeg, getting into wrestling. And then going off to wrestling school, training, working in the indies, and then ECW, WCW, and then like the the very end of the first book is him like right up until the the countdown of the Millennium Clock, right before his uh-huh. debut with WWF. That's where that's where the first book ends. Is like when the when the countdown timer hits one. That's that's where it ends. Lion's yeah. Tales. Okay. I haven't read any of his books. I'm going to read this one. Okay, yeah, that's it's a very good one. I, I haven't I haven't read any of his other ones, which I probably should. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, uh, he was doing a signing at uh, McNally Robinson, and I decided to bring my copy of the book down there and go meet him. And uh, one of my my buddies who I went to high school with, his name's Eric Ritchie. He has an older brother named Matt Ritchie who was like the same age as Jericho and they all went to Westwood collegiate and Matt Ritchie is actually friends with Chris Jericho. And I, oh. yeah. And I've known Matt Ritchie and Eric Ritchie for quite a while. Like I said, and like when I met Jericho, I was like, uh, he complimented me on my Exodus shirt that I was wearing at the time. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, warms the heart. Warms the heart. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, he was like, that's an awesome shirt. I was like, Oh, thanks man. And, uh, like just I just happened to mention I was like, hey, you know Matt Ritchie, right? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, I'm friends with his little brother. And like I didn't even say his name. I just said I'm friends with his little brother. And Jericho goes, Oh, Eric? I remember Eric when he was a little baby. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh, oh. Yeah. This is yeah, this I, is I, I, I might cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we just we're just kind of like talking a little bit back and forth. Like I told him, like I'm like, yeah, like Eric told me stories about when you and you and Matt would come down to the family cabin and all this. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, nothing good though, right? I was like, yeah, no, nothing good. (laughs) uh, Nothing uh, you're gonna put in your next book. No, (laughs) but then yeah, like yeah, eventually like like we had to keep it short because there's people in line behind me, obviously, but. yeah, but then he like shook my hands, wished me the best of luck, and then yeah, I walked away. And then as I was walking away, I heard him and like his assistants kind of just go like, "Oh, small world." Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. What about you, dude? Uh, I came close to meeting him at a signing when he did a signing at a restaurant out in fuck where was it Selkirk, I think. 
Okay. Or somewhere in the city, I don't remember. But we were like five people away, and his manager was like, well, we have to go now, time's up. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> Aww. So, yeah. <sighs> okay, weren't you... Okay, where I'm going to start talking about how I met Jericho, were you not with me that night? Which okay. night? Was okay, this? okay, yeah, okay. I thought maybe this this would trigger your memory and all that. I met him once, okay, and it wasn't for a wrestling event or anything. The band Fozzy was in town doing a one-off gig supporting the band Tesseract. I've never seen Fozzy, so. Oh, okay, okay. But I wasn't there. Yes. I guess you weren't there because the 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 promotional company that Ducky and I volunteer for, Ninja Cat Productions, um, they brought Tesseract in. They put Fozzie on the bill. I want to say I was there because I was interviewing the Doom Band Ancients as well. They were they were on the bill. It was it was a great show, and I met Jericho as he showed up to the venue after i guess going to see his mom and dad and visiting relatives and all that he had a he had an interview at one of the local rock stations one of the terrestrial stations and all that and then he got there and working the show you know it gives you the opportunity to meet people for the most part and all that he was very approachable he came up to everyone and said hi and all that and you know, talking, so I'm talking with the promoter. I came over and I introduced myself as the host of Radioactive Metal. And, you know, sorry, your promoter, your PR didn't get back to me. I wanted to talk to you. And he was like, oh, dude, sorry. Oh, I was over at 97 tonight and all that. Maybe another time and all that. So he was really cool. One of the things I'll never forget, okay, and I've said this before. I know I've said this on Radioactive Metal, and I'm sure I've said it to you guys, you know, off air just how big he really is like i'm not yeah, a small guy you know he's I'm, seven tall. Yeah, yeah he is he is and for like a small guy okay he really he really is and all that and this was the first time that i ever said about someone in the metal industry or the the music world that i'm 100 percent sure can kick my ass <laughs> there is like nobody else now maybe what's his name from uh the blade or the butcher who's oh, also in every, in every oh, time every i die yeah maybe him you know <laughs> actually no i'm pretty sure him but yeah he's a yeah. boy yeah yeah pretty I'm, sure I'm at, him. he's a good dude though <laughs> at the time at the time you don't, Jer- you, don't, you, don't was the mason, you don't think mike mason can kick your ass i'm not saying he would but uh, probably not mike no Mike's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. I don't Mike, know. What I, would, I, Mike, what would Kay say about this? And he'd be like, well, I don't know. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Um, his wife, Kay, could for sure. Like, yeah. What about uh, what, what about John Duke? You know, John, John Duke's got a pretty big neck on him. He's yeah. <laughs> no, he's an old man. Um, <laughs> of course, of course. put John in a sleeper and he'll be like, that's it. <laughs> so yeah what do you got <laughs> yeah yeah of course john john duke is a basis for some winnipeg metal bands i just had i just had them on radioactive metal for the votov band recently go radioactivemetal.org to check that out 
This whole time, though, okay, it also makes me think, did I meet Jericho as a teenager? Because it's been well documented. I'm sure he mentioned it in your in in his first book. And I know he mentioned it when he was a writer for Metal Edge magazine. But we frequented the same record store. There was this awesome uh, vinyl CD. No, there was this was before CDs and all that. But there's an awesome metal hardcore punk store in Winnipeg called Records on Wheels. I used to go there all the time. That was probably when I first started dating Mrs. Snowy, we used to, we used to cut school, you know, just so I could go record shopping and all that. This was a huge part of my life. And apparently Jericho being a legit metalhead back then frequented this shop as well. Like I know there aren't too many record shops and all that, but back then you know, it can be a social event as well, just going record shopping. Because if you are a niche fan of something, okay, and you're flipping through records beside that stranger beside you, very, very, very often you find a record, you 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 pull it out, you look at it, you go, hmm, the guy beside you, you've never, you don't know him from Adam, you kind of look at him, you kind of look at what the guy's looking at, and hey, man, check this out, and all that, Sometimes I wonder, you know, did did I ever do that with Jericho in a huh. bar, in a bar at a gig or something? Did I ever ask him to bum a smoke off him or something? You know, did I? Ever, <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? It just it just kind of makes me wonder because you don't remember absolutely everything. You know, so yeah, you're, you're trying to scan your memories to see like if yeah. you're. A- yeah, if you, if you were yeah. just like talking to some random dude about some stuff, you have to comment, and right. then you're like, answer them and be like, "Oh, by the way, my name's Chris." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, right. that's right. That's right. I also, I also got to wonder if I ever the same thing with Biff Naked, the punk singer from here, or at least she had her yeah. punk roots here in Winnipeg. Did I ever buy your beer at the old clubs or whatever, or? Did I ever run into her at the old Punk Douglas Club? Who knows? After all these years, now and all that. So yeah, that's that's kind of where the one and only time that I met Jericho. I'm sure, you know, between both these uh, between both these shows, we're going to run into him again. What about live? Have you ever seen him live? Like doing either either of the you know wrestling or playing? Yeah. I yeah. saw a house show where he wrestled John Cena, and it took Cena six FUs to beat Jericho. <laughs> so I guess he was like, we're in Winnipeg. I'm not fucking losing to one. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to try. So. I, I think so. Yeah, I think um, he really should have gone over. What does it hurt Cena like to lose it, a it house show? It was close oh, time. Oh, okay. Okay, because it's like, what what would it hurt Cena, like, to lose a house show to Chris Jericho in Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, was it, does, belt, it does so. nothing. Okay, well that I get. That that yeah, was I get. This, uh, was that at the two two thousand nine show at the yeah. MPS Center? Yeah, yeah. I was there too. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was for the world heavyweight title, and yeah, obviously there was. There were people, there were the little kids were all cheering for John Cena, and I'm just like, I'm half cut. I'm just like, do you even know? 
<laughs> it's like a WWE show now where I just go by myself and get drunk and people start chanting the guy's name. I'm like, no, use their fucking indie name, you moron. Yeah. <laughs> and they're the like, best. who? And I'm like, fucking. Like the last house show that uh, Moxley was at here. Everyone was chanting Ambrose, and I'm like, no, let's go John Moxley. And the guy beside me was like, who's John Moxley? And I'm like, get out. Oh, you suck. <laughs> yeah, you suck. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I just, you know, no, I was just like, no, because I was like legitimately like, well, you know those MTS center beers, they, they're pumped full of CO2, so they get you right fucked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, it was it was me and Mike Mason. We were sitting in the two hundred section, and like yeah, we we're like when Y two J was in there, we we're just there was some Y two J Y two J chants going on from the guys in our age group, obviously. But all the little kids are like cheering for John Cena, and I'm just like, do you even know who this is? Like, do you, don't even know who you care if you're idiots? <laughs> Yeah. All of you stupid idiots. Yeah, you all, all suck. You all <laughs> suck as much as Cena does. Yeah. <laughs> so you oh. show respect. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, he lived in Westwood. Yeah. yeah. Westwood. Like, that's not even far from me. <laughs> <laughs> Alcohol just kind of brings out the gatekeeper and everyone. I think. Oh. Absolutely. Alcohol <laughs> brings out the Vince McMahon. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I get yeah. it. I get it now. Like kids wow. Are, uh, like I, I get it now. Sorry, kids are sorry for that owl reaction. I'm watching uh at the moment ICW No Holds Barred Seven is live on IWTV and <laughs> what a fucking backbreaker. Holy shit. <laughs> Anyways. <Stay focused. laughs> yeah, focus, dude. Yeah. You need help. <laughs> 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 yeah, I get it now. I get it now that the little kids cheer for John Cena and all that. But at the time, like 2009, I would have been 23. I was, okay. <laughs> I was, I was just like a fucking arrogant dickhead. Like I just fucking broke through the wall of kayfabe, and I was, or not just, but like, right. I'm, I'm just sitting there and being like, everybody should appreciate this man because I do. <laughs> that's it. That's it. No, I get that. I totally get that. Like when I was, when I, when, when I was a teenager, the only and the WWF had bought out the AWA here and all that. And it's a whole new breed of wrestling fans that only know the WWF. And I was just like, you people, you all suck. You know, nothing. Yeah. Think you're wrestling fans, but you're not like, all you know is the WWF and all that. And it's just like, I was a total gatekeeper, you know, a pro wrestling gatekeeper back as a teenager. So I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. like when the bands come in and they're like, "Do you guys like talk about wrestling?" Because none of the other band members do, and we're like, "Yeah." And then they sit with us for like two hours. <laughs> we just talk wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah, because there's such a connection between the two. Yeah. Yeah, which that's definitely a topic where we just have to sit down and just talk about the the connection and the bands that also love wrestling, and we'll bring on a guest or whatever for sure. For sure, I'm really looking forward to that. I've never seen, even though, you know, going back to his days in the indies here and all that, I've never seen Jericho wrestle live. Never. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to find that hard to believe, but for one reason or another, 
I just I just haven't. The only thing I've seen him was live with Fozzie and only once. Okay. And, you know, it's it's not like they're playing Winnipeg all the time. It's not like they're the house band at some local club or whatever. Exactly. But yeah. They they've been through town enough that I should have seen them more than once and only, you know, and with the promotional company that I work with and all that. So that's that's my bad. But it, it it is what it is, and I'll never forget it. It was it was it was a fantastic time. I've I've never seen Fozzie live, never. No, but, nope. But I did see Jericho. Uh, the first time I saw Jericho, like the the time that me and Ducky were talking about, that was the second time I saw Jericho live. Oh, okay. Yeah, the first time I saw Jericho live was ten years prior to that at the barn when he when he was like fresh with WWF. I was at a, I was at a WWF house show at uh, the Winnipeg Arena. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was uh it was like the the first wrestling event I've ever been to in my entire life. And it was like oh, wow. such an eye, it was like such an eye opener because I was 13 years old. I had never seen wrestling aside from on TV. So like the lack of commentators really just threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh yeah, like it, it was a pretty good card too. Like it had all the like or most of the guys you would expect from the Attitude Era. Like it, well, obviously, like Stone Cold wasn't there, Undertaker wasn't there, Mankind wasn't there for some reason. I thought he would be, but uh, but yeah, like the the main event that was advertised was the Big Boss Man versus The Rock in a nightstick on a pole match. Now, oh yeah, this man, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. okay, I heard there. about this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, during the night, uh, the Fink had informed us on the Rock's situation getting to Winnipeg, but apparently there was an issue with him taking off from Miami. Apparently there was a, like a bomb threat or a terrorist threat or something at the airport at the time, so the Rock wasn't able to take off and get here in time. I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. I didn't look into it. I just took the Fink's word for it because I can't not believe the Fink. Like right. it's <laughs> Howard Finkel. You you gotta believe the Fink. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So like yeah, the Fink at some at some point in the night or in the middle or or yeah, at one portion of the night, uh, Jericho came out just just strictly to cut a promo. And he was like he had completely out of kayfabe because he debuted already on TV. He hadn't wrestled a match yet, but he was an established heel because of his thing with The Rock. But he debuted in Winnipeg in ring for WWF. They will never tell you that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, his, his in-ring debut for WWF was in the Winnipeg Arena in 1999, some August 27th, I think, or maybe okay. uh, around there. But Just the <laughs> fact you remember the month is awesome. Yeah. Wow. It was it was a couple of weeks after he de- he debuted on TV, and uh, everyone was cheering him because well he's a Winnipeg boy and he was like hyping it up like thanking everybody for coming out. In the middle of his promo, Big Boss Man came out basically just insulted Winnipeg, <laughs> and uh, like, I remember like, or he just he said something along the lines of "Is like if if uh, Canada was a living breathing human, Winnipeg would be its asshole, and you Chris Jericho would be the toilet." <laughs> yeah, and then Big Boss Man walked away immediately after that. And then Jericho kind of stood there stunned for a minute. And I remember Jericho saying, Apparently, the Big Boss Man 
doesn't know that this isn't Cobb County, Georgia. This is Winnipeg, Manitoba. And, uh, <laughs> huge pop from the crowd for that. Oh, and then, yeah, so Jericho, yeah, he didn't, I don't think he really even had a catchphrase at that time. He is this predates the never ever right. of him, but uh, he, yeah, he finished up his promo and everyone was cheering for him. And uh, later on in the night, Fink announced that The Rock wasn't going to be there. Everybody boos, of course. Everyone wants to see The Rock. I get it. But then he announced that instead of The Rock, Big Boss Man would be facing Chris Jericho in a nightstick on a pole match. The crowd erupts. Everyone's <laughs> cheering. Yeah, so later on in the night, we get the nightstick on a pole match between Jericho and Big Boss Man. Jericho ends up getting the nightstick, hits Big Boss Man with it, pins him. Everybody cheers. Everyone goes home happy. The mm-hmm. hometown hero is one. <laughs> and that That's was the yeah. per- perfect way to book it. Like, yeah, not, not only yeah, so not only was that my first time seeing Chris Jericho live, that was the first time I ever saw live wrestling. And yeah, I went home happy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right on, right on. Um, and what about like just what we call our moment, like something you know with within our lives that kind of deals with with the subject? I'm sure, like as as fans, as hard music fans, as Winnipeggers, I'm sure we all have a special Chris Jericho moment. Well. I'd say that was probably my special Chris Jericho moment right there. <laughs> yes, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we're we're definitely covering a lot a lot of ground here. What about you, dude? Either that one or seeing him wrestle Cena in 09. That was a good or actually I don't remember if it was last year or the year before when he did a talk his Jericho thing at um the casino. That was fucking cool. Oh. Oh yeah. That- I didn't even catch that. That's probably something we all should have been at. Probably, yeah. I went with, uh, because Dad's work was, like, sponsoring it, so Dad got tickets, so me, Sydney, and him went. Okay, okay. And Sydney's your little sister. We should should clarify that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something, like, with Jericho's podcast, like, when he's signed to the WWF, I kind of, like, especially if if he's talking to people in the WWF at the time, I go like, you know what? I'm going to pass on this episode with his podcast. It's kind of hit and miss, but he's had. Actually, I want to shout out the Jericho podcast just for a second, because the latest episode, it's talking with some local CWE guys. So right on. It's uh, Danny Duggan and AJ Sanchez. So, (laughs) Wow. Okay, I'm gonna be tuning into that definitely yeah, me too. for sure. Yeah, whenever, whenever, because he's had he's spoken to Randy Bachman, who of course BTO from from yep. Winnipeg, and the the legendary local DJ um, Howard Manshine, who outside of Winnipeg, no one would really know that name, but locally he's like the Doctor Johnny Fever. He's the greatest ever. <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. There, there's a radioactive metal program because of howard manshine and dr johnny fever from the old wkrp 
sitcom. So yeah, yeah. when he had, when he has guests like that, oh yeah, there is no better program for me for my for my special Chris Jericho moment. It was at that live show, the live Fozzy show supporting Tesseract and all that. There is a gentleman. I won't use his last name, but we all know him. Big, huge music fan. His name is Roger. Okay. Oh, yeah. We all know who we're talking about. Okay. He was kind of hanging out with me. You know, when we're all done, everything that we're doing that night, we're kind of hanging out. Okay. We stood at the door. And we had we made a little game, okay. Who's the re- who's the who's the music fan? Who's the wrestling fan? As people started to pile in, and they stood <laughs> out like you could tell, like you could tell. Okay, it's like okay, that dorky little kid's never been to a metal show in his life. Wrestling fan, yeah. Okay, this guy's got a Morbid Angel shirt on. Okay, yeah, you can kind of tell. This guy. Oh, he's got a leather jacket on, but could probably go either way. Maybe he's just kind of a big wrestling fan, not really into the music, or maybe vice versa and all that. I think, you know, the whole time, I think Roger and I, we pretty much probably got about 90% correct. Just kind of in our little game. I'll always remember that. And the chance started. Second, after the first song... After the first Fozzy song, you heard the Y2J, Y2J, Y2J. And the wrestling fan in me kind of went, okay. The music fan in me, ah, you fucking got <laughs> like I, I went totally mad on these kids. And all, and all that. No, 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 never mind this Y2J shit. Okay, this is Fozzy here. It's time to rock and roll. Go kiss a girl, you fucking nerds. You know, <laughs> that was kind of that, that was kind of my 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 Chris Jericho moment. Uh, I'll never forget that. It was it was a hell of a night. Also, I, my opinion, why did they open for Tesseract? Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I know that that kind of seemed a little reversed because like if you know if you know your your heavy music, like Tesseract has its following. But no, I don't think anywhere near Fozzie, especially now. Okay, mm-hmm. like you got to remember this. This this is a while ago. Like Fozzie were only a couple albums in, I believe. Even then, okay, Fozzie were much more over, even within the the music community, than Tesseract were. But I think what it is is the Tesseract show. Like it it it, it was a happy accident that we got Fozzie. Well, because he's in town visiting his mom and dad. He just brought the rest of the band in as well and you know they should they jumped on a bill i believe that's how it worked we should talk to our promoter buddy and get him to kind of remind us exactly how that worked but yeah definitely amazing night sorry dude i thought maybe you were there no we've done so many shows we've gone to so many and just oh you're the one with the rain man type memory for all of the little details And all that. Well, the clock on the wall is kind of telling us where we want to get on with our Saturday evenings here. If we haven't, is there anything else? Kind of a last second thing you want to share well, about Le Champion? Well, I mean, yeah, well, speaking of that, like, I, I mean, I, nothing short of admirable that the guy is the first ever undisputed champion. 
like the first guy to ever hold the big gold belt and the WWF uh, Attitude Era belt at the right. same time. Even though his booking as champion wasn't great, the fact that he won both of those belts from the Rock and Stone Cold at one night, a, a, right. a kid from Winnipeg winning both of those belts. That is amazing. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And also on top of that, being the first ever AEW world champion. That's true too. That's yeah. true too. Yeah. Two first yeah. ever's yeah. and also the most uh intercontinental title reigns. <laughs> Despite what they tell you nowadays on WWE TV. Right, right, right. And the sad thing is with all of this, yeah. okay, Hulk Hogan will still go down as, you know, like in the when you make when you make a list of the greatest of all time, Hogan will be higher than Jericho. Like, ah, <laughs> not in my mind. Not in my mind. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not in any rationally thinking fans' minds, but just for the most part in the public consciousness, it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Hulk, yeah. Hulk Hogan isn't a nine-time Intercontinental Champion. <laughs> that's He's right. not even a one-time Intercontinental Champion. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. How can people get a hold of us? I mean, they can get a hold of us on Facebook to, or on uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling night in Canada and on Instagram at wrestling night in Canada. And of course, wrestling night in Canada is a proud member of the shining wizards network, shining wizards network.com. You'll want to check us out there. Not only is this awesome show on that network there is a variety of wicked shows as well it's predominantly pro wrestling but there's pop culture there's comedy there's a really 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 cool metal program our brother program radioactive metal is on there you're going to want to check that out if the smooth sounds of heavy metal is kind of your thing and yeah yeah we're available on there which puts us on spotify as well i know that a lot of you kids are all doing the spotify thing and all that so you're going to want to check us out there thank you to the shining wizards for all that they do for us in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been another, this has been a lucky 13th episode yep. of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. Good night, Canada. Oh, no, said Radioactive Metal. <laughs> did I do it again? You did. <laughs> okay. Sorry, guys. Last night, I just recorded Radioactive Metal. So <laughs> this is lucky 13 episode. Uh, another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. Uh, <laughs> I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Burkett. And this sign-off has never been more appropriate. We're from Winnipeg, you idiots! <laughs>